Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Fancy Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production. Today we have Alex's, Alex Ben Block's uh, twin voice twin. Okay, if Alex ever did something like on film and they needed a VO from this guy, well, they'd use uh, uh, Larry. Larry Gerbrand is uh, vice president, senior vice president, and general manager at Nielsen Analytics and responsible for developing uh, leading edge research, analyses, and valuation services to companies in the media and entertainment space. I guess that would be us. So we're going to talk to uh, Larry here in just a few minutes, kind of for a few segments. On the advertising show, along with, uh, let's see, Patrick Meyer, a little bit later on in the show, talking about denial. Lots of folks are in denial, and uh, that'll be uh, coming up here. And uh, I guess what Patrick is saying is ad agencies are in denial. I, I don't think believe that's, it. No, really, yeah, exactly. Jeffrey Gittimer is with us here in just a few moments, too. People who know everything. Do you know people like that? Uh, two people, and they don't work for <laughs> they don't work for me anymore. No, I, no. So no. that'll be uh, Jeffrey's segment as well. So yeah. how, are you, how are you doing? Well, doing great. And by the way, just to to let everybody know, a heads up here: uh, podcasting is going to be our topic with Larry. Although he could talk about a lot of different things. Uh, we we came to know Larry. Uh, through a uh, release uh, that uh, uh, Karen, who works for Larry, and I got to tell you, uh, I'm going to I don't want to butcher her last name, but Karen is an outstanding publicist for Nielsen and uh, does a great job. And anyway, we we got uh, we got uh, information about a, a podcast uh, research project that was completed, uh, and uh, Larry's the uh, author of that uh, research, and we're going to talk about podcasting, and it's the latest, greatest, and hot off the press kind of research stuff. Not so. only that, Larry has the latest and greatest. USB podcast microphone. <laughs> That's true. So, you know, it's a little bit of envy there as well. Kind of a product placement we might get out of Larry. By the way, <laughs> yeah. uh, Saatchi and Saatchi, this, this was just in earlier this week. Saatchi and Saatchi has exited the Walmart $580 million creative and media review, review leaving uh, GSDNM draft uh, FCB, Martin Agency, and Ogilvy as contenders. And you might be asking yourself, Ray, why yes. would that be? Well, J.C. Penney uh-huh. has ended its partnership with DDB and named Saatchi and Saatchi as its new lead agency. The account is valued at four hundred million. So, you take the bird in the hand, and Saatchi had to withdraw from the uh, Wall Street, uh, Walmart uh, review because of the potential conflict. So, take four hundred now or compete with, for five eighty. I'd take the four hundred. You know, an interesting thing about that switch too, Brad, is is what they're suggesting is they're looking for Middle America, and. Quite frankly, I thought they were getting middle America. I'd love that uh, definition a little bit more clearly. They said that we believe that in the hearts and the minds of middle America are up for grabs. Uh, middle America is really underserved, and we think there is a unique opportunity <clears throat> Excuse me, in owning uh, the middle, owning the uh, moderate space. Hmm. I think it's kind of odd for them to say something like that because, well, you it- know, J.C. Penney has never been to me either a high or a low brand it's always mm-hmm. been a, you know, a store with lots of uh, lots of opportunities for people to buy so <clears throat> i don't quite get that philosophy and what they're suggesting there well it is weird and and you know uh, back to the walmart review gosh uh, bernstein rain out of kansas city mm-hmm. took a hit because you know anytime an agency uh, has a client that represents a 
more, a very large por- portion of their overall business. You take that hit, and my goodness, they, they built that agency really right. on the Walmart business from some 20-odd years ago with, uh, with a deal they made with a handshake with right. the uh, uh, now-deceased uh, founder. Uh, and what's his name? Who? The founder of Walmart. Uh, well, Sam Walton. I call him Mr. Walton, oh, but I just thought you might know. Yeah, I know him as Sam, right. Yeah, <laughs> Sammy. Exactly. Yeah, like yeah. I do. So anyway, they, they've uh, taken a big hit, and he's <clears throat> done, done a good job of spinning uh, the the issue here, saying, well, it's opened up a lot of opportunities because we could never go after certain clients handling the Walmart account. That's pretty good. That was a... That was a <laughs> <laughs> that was number five on the responses. Okay? Yeah. See, what the, see how true. it goes and give them number five. If they still ask, go to number six. Right. Kind of right. like David Letterman's top ten in reverse, basically. Right. Exactly. So, Taco Bell. Well, do we have time to talk about this now? No, we don't either. Uh, I want to bring in uh, Gittimer right now. People who know everything could be a good thing, could be maybe not a good thing. I don't know. Let's check it out right now. Quick Takes on Sales and Customer Relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Pay attention here because this is for people that already know everything. You know, people like you. This is about the training that you never knew you needed but desperately do. If your customers love you, and you're willing to step up to the next level. Let me give you some training steps that you need to take in order to get there. The first thing you need to do is select your five biggest customers or your five most important customers and volunteer to spend one day working for them. The imperative of this action is to discover how they use your product or your service. Find out how your product impacts their business or their customer's business. Here's a note. One day at a customer's location is worth 30 days of your own in-house education. Here's the second thing you need to do. Enroll in Toastmasters or take some kind of presentation skills sales course or course. Presentation skills are one of the least taught areas of selling and one of the most critical. Your ability to present a compelling message in front of a group will make you a one-on-one expert. People who know everything annoy the few of you who actually do know everything. But my challenge to you is this. The people who don't know everything are the ones who are always willing to read and learn. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. So as we found out, it is good to be a know-it-all. In other words, mm-hmm. somebody who's been promoted, take the time to train them properly and understand exactly what uh, what uh, you expect of them and have them do that as well. So training is a good thing, sure. as Martha Stewart would say. <laughs> a good thing. Uh, Taco Bell. Uh, okay. Yeah. You know, not many, well, lots of people are fans of Taco Bell. I suppose. 
Well, it's not that bad. I mean, they've, they've come up with some good things now and then. And when you need a lot of grease and just a large load of stuff in your stomach, there's Late the place to go. Late at night after heavy drinking? Yes, exactly. go ahead. Yeah, uh, it, yeah exactly. <laughs> but basically what they're saying is Taco Bell is having trouble with its Hispanic uh, audience. Mm. Uh, and, and the analysts claim the problem is the product. Okay, Hispanics, yes. Taco Bell. Nah, right. that, that doesn't go together. Uh, it says Taco Bell's fast food version of the Mexican food isn't playing very well with Hispanics who contributed just a half a percent hmm. to the company's same-store sales gains of 7% in 05, uh, despite ma- um, making up 20% of Taco Bell's uh, core 18- to 34-year-old market. So hmm. as the definition of the average American increasingly includes Spanish-speaking customers, and it does, the Yum! Brands chain plans to boost its Spanish-language marketing. Not changing the food. They're just yeah. changing the way they talk about the food. I hmm. think they should bring the dog back, actually. I like the dog. You mean I, as the as the mascot, not put him in the food? Probably so. Yeah. Right. Uh, nah, it wouldn't be good, no. Anyway, we've got, uh, we've got uh, Larry Gerbrand coming up next out of Los Angeles here on The Advertising Show. Stay with us. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. These are the three largest selling soft drinks. Now, let's have a look and see what makes them so popular. Now, as you can see, this one is a cola. It looks like a cola. And no longer do they use that formula on 7-Up, which I'm drinking right here. It's a brand new formula. It's got Splenda. It's much better for you. Classic spot on the advertising show. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, as we welcome out of Los Angeles, actually Hollywood, uh, uh, at uh, he's general manager, senior VP at Nielsen Analytics. Larry Gerbrand is responsible for developing leading edge research, analyses, and valuation services to companies in the media and entertainment space. In addition to uh, original research on emerging technologies, Nielsen Analytics conducts primary consumer level research as and synthesizes top level research from many of the VNU divisions. And uh, as we talked about before, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about podcasting tonight as well. So, uh, Larry, uh, out of uh, L.A., welcome to the uh, advertising show. Good to have you here. Thrilled to be on. Cool. Yeah, well, and, you know, Larry, uh, Ray and I were talking off the air uh, earlier, and we're curious as to how a guy like yourself ends up uh, as senior vice president and general manager of Nielsen Analytics. Well, it's a long uh, – I'll try to make a long story very short. Um, I was originally in the um, uh, TV production business in Dallas, then ran cable systems in Colorado, uh, and um, uh, then uh, began working for a company called Kagan uh, World Media, uh, which is a uh, a well-known media research firm, uh, and I was induced to move to Carmel, California. Oh, that's tough. Spent uh, 20 years at that company. It was sold in uh, 2000 to Prime Media, and I actually ran the company for four years after its sale. So, uh, before Prime Media sold it to yet another company. Uh, right. Uh, so, uh, I have um, uh, about 30 years in the media and entertainment space, both on the operating side as well as the uh, analytical side. Very familiar with Kagan. I guess they would be really considered a, a competitor of uh, Nielsen Analytics, wouldn't you say? Uh, to some extent, uh, yeah. in, in terms of uh, research reports, I think uh, uh, some of the things that we do uh, are different. We serve a somewhat different customer base, but uh, 
uh, we've uh, probably focused a little bit more on emerging technologies. Kagan traditionally has been uh, more focused on the uh, incumbent medium. And, you know, most of our uh, listeners, I would assume, are, are familiar with VNU, your parent company, uh, owner of, of course, uh, uh, Nielsen Media, the TV giant, uh, TV ratings giant, I should say, along with many other companies. Uh, I, I'm curious, uh, how, did, how did you guys decide to do a uh, report on economics of podcasting? How, how do you decide on such a topic? Well, we uh, looked around to see what were some of the, the, the new media. We've, we're actually doing a series of reports that sort of laid out an editorial calendar. And uh, we wanted to uh, uh, focus uh, in each report on a different sector of uh, the emerging technologies. And uh, after uh, Apple added uh, uh, support for uh, podcasting uh, on, uh, in the Apple Music Store within the iTunes uh, software, uh, this sector, uh, which had sort of been percolating behind the scenes, really took off, and uh, it has been, um, uh, it's turned into uh, a bona fide phenomenon. Now, if you uh, go to almost any major media website, you will find one or more podcasts. I was uh, uh, following the um, Tiger's exploits uh, on the PGA Tour uh, homepage, and there were multiple podcasts available uh, from the PGA Tour uh, regarding uh, uh, the latest event. So hmm. it, it's become embedded in uh, uh, almost, um, uh, I was, I was going to say imperceptibly, but actually quite uh, prominently in uh, many uh, of the um, of the websites, uh, CNN uh, makes fairly heavy use of uh, podcasts as a way of uh, expanding uh, what they do on air. Uh, probably the, the 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 biggest success is NPR. Yeah, and I understand they've got some of the the highest uh, numbers in terms of downloads that are out there right now. And it's very interesting how uh, so many uh, mainstream media have have jumped onto the uh, podcasting bandwagon in short in short order. Frankly, in the last uh, six to twelve months, on your blog, Larry, uh, you talk about how the biggest problem facing podcasting today may actually be the name podcasting. Explain what you mean by this. Well. Um, th- it implies somehow that you need an iPod to be able to uh, to listen to a podcast. You only need an iPod is, or, or a, a digital portable digital media player if you want to take the uh, podcast with you. Uh, but uh, uh, at its core, uh, what a podcast is is an audio and or video uh, file that has had some tagging. Uh, uh, added to it uh, and distributed through uh, RSS, Real Simple Syndication. So it's really nothing more than an audio and video file, which you just need a piece of software to uh, either download it to your computer or you can watch it live. Uh, and I, the, the unique feature is that you can subscribe to it so that every time you open up iTunes, for instance, it will search for the latest episode of uh, whichever podcast series you've uh, signed up for. You know, but, that's uh, int- But, but the sorry. research shows that actually most people listen, ironically, to podcasts 
uh, or watch podcasts on their computer and never mm-hmm. transfer them to their portable media player. Sure. You know, that's interesting you say that because uh, here at the advertising show, we started streaming our show uh, through the uh, through the Internet connection at our homepage, theadvertisingshow.com, back in when we launched the show in September or October, I should say, of 2001. And, and, and shortly thereafter, offered MP3 files and archived our programs so that when the uh, uh, podcasting phenomenon came came available, we certainly jumped right on that, and a lot of others have as well. I noticed in your research, uh, Larry, Economics of Podcasting, the report discovered that some podcasts are downloaded some two million times a month. What were some of the more popular podcasts out there that you discovered? Well, I think uh, the, the two million figure uh, is what a, a number of the shows on NPR fairly regularly hit. Uh, one of the challenges to podcasting is there actually at present is no central source for podcasting measurement. And uh, one of the things that Nielsen hopes to do, uh, we're beginning a trial with 400 iPod owners uh, this fall, is to begin tracking what they're doing with those iPods as well as um, and it will include not only podcasting, but anything else they they download to their iTunes and then uh, port over to their iPods. You know, that's interesting. I want to stay with some of your findings. Uh, of the 1,700 participants surveyed, I understand that 75% of the respondents were male. Is this, uh, does this indicate that women are latent adopters uh, of uh, podcasts, or do you think they'll always be a little bit behind just the gender or what? Uh, From what we can tell is that over time, um, a lot of these technologies, especially as they get uh, less uh, intimidating to use, uh, you actually see it uh, come to uh, to parity. Video games have uh, stayed somewhat uh, male skewing, although you get more and more women who are, or females uh, who are, uh, playing video games, but um, uh, one of the most uh, successful podcasts is actually, um, I think it's called Mommy Cast, and it's actually geared towards women and uh, who have children. It's all about child rearing. This would be a daddy cast for the advertising show, probably so. Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth with our special guest, uh, Larry Gerbrandt. Uh, Larry is general manager and senior vice president of Nielsen Analytics out of Los Angeles. And we have uh, more time to spend with Larry here at theadvertisingshow.com. It's an incredibly powerful site powered by uh, Shipple.com. That's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. And there's a really cool thing in there called Tendency, uh, which is a strong web marketing tool. So check it out and talk to Ed Shipple. TheAdvertisingShow.com, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and more with uh, Larry Gerbrandt coming up in just a moment. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Stronger than dirt. 
Welcome back to the Advertising Show. Ray Schillens, Brad Forsyth out of Los Angeles. Our special guest is uh, Larry Gerbrandt, who is the general manager and the senior VP at Nielsen Analytics. By the way, if you want to find out more, and especially uh, about uh, some of the stats on, on podcasting and such, it's a really cool paper, and it's available. You can check it out at nielsenmedia.com. Okay, so we're back, and uh, welcome back to the show, Larry. Super. Glad to be here. Yeah, and yeah, staying with these stats, which I found just uh, out, you know, very intriguing and, and frankly very surprising in many cases. Thirty-eight percent of active podcast downloaders, according to your research study, said that they are listening to the radio less often. Uh, obviously, you know, we're in a world today when it comes to media consumption where the pulling of content, as opposed to having it typically pushed at one, is is really the trend, and I think where the market's going. It's no surprise. Uh, I'm curious, you know. If you're a radio company, this has got to be a a difficult uh, statistic to struggle with, don't you think, Larry? It is. Uh, And, of course, the competition isn't just podcasting. It's satellite radio. uh, It's uh, music on the the iPod. It's the fact that uh, uh, more and more cars are being equipped with... uh, uh, the uh, the slots for uh, iPod or other digital music players, uh, and uh, there are more and more companies now coming out with uh, devices. We're going to see uh, one from uh, Microsoft. I think it's called the Zuma, and we know that uh, Sony has uh, devices uh, uh, in the works. So uh, the the competition for um, uh, the oral time, A-U-R-A-L, uh, is, um, uh, is, is just going to increase. So uh, the fact that 38% of the respondents uh, report that they're listening to less radio uh, has to concern the industry. At the same time, podcasting, as, MP- as I mentioned, as NPR has, uh, has shown, is uh, a, a very legitimate uh, and another way of reaching that audience with uh, very targeted, very focused uh, content. And just for clarification, it's not enough to just uh, repurpose existing content that you pushed out through a, a commercial uh, media outlet. You, am I thinking of this correctly, that it, that NPR and others, and including uh, us at the advertising show, do a different uh, version or, or a different uh, 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 edited version for a podcast versus the traditional uh, uh, pushed-out version through commercial outlets? Uh, absolutely, and I think there, there are two reasons for it. One is... At the end of the day, there's no real sense in cannibalizing your existing franchise. That's number one. Number two, for true fans, uh, they want more. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, podcasting allows you to do additional versions uh, or an expanded show uh, or go into topics that might not be appropriate necessarily to go on the air with, but... uh, would uh, would fit within a uh, podcast format. Plus, you you don't really have the, the hard time restrictions. You can go short. You can go long. It doesn't. It's your uh, world. Yeah. So it's so it's a very flexible medium. You know, let's. Uh, oh, before I forget, uh, Karen's last name. Your publicist, uh, Larry uh, Jamesi. Jamesi. Karen Jamesi. Two weeks. To, the the spelling is unusual. The pronunciation is easy. Well, I didn't want to Jamesi up her name. So Karen Jamesi, outstanding publicist and a great job she does for Nielsen. She's uh, world class. 
She she truly is, and we see a lot here at the show, and uh, she's one of the best. Uh, back to uh, the business. Let's talk a little bit about the business of podcasting. You know, you mentioned two million deliveries uh, a month of some podcasts. What what sort of uh, business model are we looking at here for podcasts to make money? Well, uh, the um, uh, the podcasting model is still evolving and trying to convince advertisers. That the uh, that this is a uh, a legitimate medium that has large reach. Uh, advertisers are often uh, interested in reaching very large numbers. One of the unique aspects of podcasting is you can reach very targeted advertisers. Now there's a a push pull that go, goes on in the uh, podcast ad model. One of the things the survey found is that the majority of those who said that they are uh, listening to podcasts is they will fast forward through any commercials. So one of the challenges for podcasting is to embed the commercial content, mm-hmm. the advertising content, into the show, and or at least keep the uh, the, the standard uh, commercial uh, messages very short. Uh, so that's that's one of the first hurdles. Is uh, just like with TiVo, getting over that uh, the problem of the fast forward button. Um, but if you were, and let's let's do a little media math here. Uh, most uh, television shows, and we're talk about a video podcast. Uh, Primetime TV goes for somewhere between a 20 and a $25 CPM, cost per thousand, against households. When you get to the web, uh, the CPMs are 30 all the way up. Sometimes we see 80 and 100. Now, if we take uh, 2 million downloads, which are, these are the, granted, these are the hits, and you have uh, a $40 CPM uh, against uh, a podcast, uh, so it's, uh, that would be $80,000 a month, 2 million downloads times a 40 CPM. And do that a year, that's uh, close to a million dollars a year. We could uh, quit our day jobs. That'll be fine. I want to finish the math here in just a minute with uh, our special guest, Larry Gerbrandt, who is general manager and senior VP at Nielsen Analytics out of L.A. Back with uh, one more segment with Larry in just a moment. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. You worked too hard, you ate too much, the cheesecake made you greedy. Let your aching head and stomach hear this message from Old Speedy. We have time with uh, Larry uh, Gerbrand out of Los Angeles, General Manager, Senior Vice President, Nielsen Analytics. NielsenMedia.com is the is the website. And uh, Larry, it certainly is a pleasure to have you here on the Advertising Show, a fellow podcaster, so to speak. So we're all in the same club here. Welcome back. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, and Larry, you uh, were interrupted, and we apologize for that. Did you have something you wanted to contribute to your uh, your math there you were sharing last segment? I did. I was uh, sort of running through a very basic model. I said uh, 2 million downloads a month times a 40 CPM works out to $960,000 a year. I want to emphasize that that's potential. Mm-hmm. If you sold out all the inventory, you were able to get an advertiser, uh, and um, you, know, you could you could – 
month in or month out do the two million uh, download and verify it. But the, the idea is to at least quantify what the potential of, uh, of a successful podcast uh, could be. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, and you talk about embedding the uh, the message. I think that's an easy thing to do, and sure uh, certainly, uh, I think there's greater value in having your your message as an advertiser showcased. And by the way, I wish I had the uh, issue, but the Advertising Age recently had a, uh, a survey that they did, and I recall the number being over sixty percent of advertisers said that they should and would consider advertising within a podcast, and that was uh, noted in a recent issue of uh, Advertising Age. Of course, that's a among the people in the business that are making those decisions. Uh, any studies that have been done uh, or maybe a part of your recent study that suggests that podcast uh, ad- advertisers and podcasts get noticed more than the traditional commercial? Uh, no, but uh, it, it just stands to reason that if you're putting uh, a commercial message inside a podcast that goes to uh, uh, let's call it an enthusiast group, somebody who's mm-hmm. talking about something that you're passionately yeah. interested in, and a lot of pod- podcasts fit that category, that that commercial message would uh, would be more meaningful. Uh, Kagan was purchased by Prime Media, and uh, the Prime Media was at the time the largest publisher of uh, enthusiast magazines in the world, things like... Um, uh, Shutterbug and uh, uh, Civil War reenactment, uh, along uh, books on decorating and lots of uh, car lowrider car magazines. And one of the things that I learned during that period was that, uh, that when it comes to those enthusiast publications, people read those as much for the advertising content, the ads, as they do for the editorial content, and very often. Uh, uh, want to see what the new products are. And uh, so advertising is not a bad thing if you're really interested in that topic. I, I, yeah. I'm a photographer. When I read a photo magazine, I, I look at all the ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and that's a good point. You're paying the, the listener, if they're pulling content to them because they're interested, they're paying attention both to the uh, content as well as the uh, advertiser support, assuming that there's relevance to the advertiser supporting that particular uh, uh, podcast or subject matter. Is there an ideal length, Larry, for a podcast, be it uh, audio or video, that you've been able to figure out? Where's the sweet spot there? Well, um, podcasts, audio podcasts, tend to run longer. Uh, Part of that is the cost of bandwidth uh, is a lot less. And uh, uh, when it comes to video podcasts, they tend to be shorter. One of the interesting things we found, especially as we looked at the uh, podcasts that were getting the most views on iTunes, is uh, a lot of those are, I'd say, three- to five-minute video segments. What was interesting is a lot of those are coming from traditional media players that are actually using it as a promotional tool. For instance, uh, The Man Show. That's uh, Arnold's, Tom Arnold's show on uh, G4 is actually among the often among the top 10 rated video podcasts it's a great show on iTunes okay. and uh, so um, uh, that that is used to pull people in uh, adult swim on comedy central also has multiple uh, promo bits uh, so it's it's just another way of uh, a very cost effective way of uh, of marketing uh, the um, 
the Jack Black movie, uh, Nacho Libre, an interview with Jack Black was among the top 20 uh, iTunes downloads. You know, Brad uh, usually goes to Adult Swim for the Pee Wee Herman uh, podcast <laughs> things, uh, which I, actually I kind of get a kick out of that. If you've not watched that, Brad, it's a I very, very strange, very strange uh, network. Believe it or not, we are uh, unfortunately out of time here with Larry Gerbrandt, who is general manager and senior vice president, Nielsen Analytics. you got to find out more about this stuff because this is where everything is headed here, folks. It's NielsenMedia.com. And, Larry, uh, thank you so much for being a part of the advertising show. We enjoyed it. Happy to do it. Anytime. Back in just a minute, we've, we've got uh, well, actually one more segment coming your way, so it's here at theadvertisingshow.com. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Hot dogs, armor hot dogs. What kinds of kids eat armor hot dogs? Well, last weekend, it was a holiday weekend. It was uh, the official uh, end of summer, although uh, in our home market of Houston, Texas, summer ends in sometime in January and begins in February. <laughs> right. Uh, maybe there's a few days there where it's cold, and that's about it. So anyway, classic spot, and thanks again to our special guest today, uh, Larry Gerbrandt. Uh, check the, check uh, what's going on at Nielsen Analytics. It's kind of cool, as a matter of fact. And, and I'd like to also mention Karen uh, Jamesi, who is a great uh, a great publicist, and she deserves the recognition. She did a great job for Larry in setting this up today. Very good. Thank you, Karen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Sally Hogshead uh, up next week. Uh, Sally is the creative director uh, and uh, author of a book. It's called Radical Careering. Okay, not radical marketing. Radical careering. And it really, uh, it's a, kind of a cool book. Even the book is like a, one of the, it's, it, it's a small book, mm-hmm. but it's a coffee table book because it's so unusually cool. So uh, Sally will be with us uh, next week on the advertising show. Hope you can join us at that time. And uh, the podcasting thing, obviously, it's it's good, it's hot, and uh, it's what people ought to be thinking about if they haven't already. Get your own USB yep. microphone if you don't have one. Get one today, Don't yes. try this at home, though. Okay? No. It doesn't work that way. It's not easy. Here's something else that's new. This is a thing called Media Cart, mm-hmm. and this is a. Well, I guess this is about. I heard about last this. week. It's 25 yeah. market researchers and engineers who once built computers for military tanks and submarines. Mm-hmm. Have spent the last six months observing 150 shoppers in a mock grocery store in Frisco, Texas. I wonder what the people in Frisco, Texas, did to get their groceries. Their aim to find out how much advertising on shopping carts is too much. Mm-hmm. And Media Cart is what it is. A shopping cart ad system delivers point-of-decision advertising, on-screen navigation, and data on consumer shopping habits. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the result, Media Cart, a shopping cart ad system that runs digital ads and promotions via high-resolution video screens without audio that will soon be tested in a major grocery retailer in the Northeast. Who would that be? Safeway? Could be. <laughs> I don't know, but isn't that kind of cool? I I, I like very that. cool. Oh, by the way, they said uh, the eighty-seven uh, percent of the hundred fifty surveyed uh, chose door number one. No, it said they would either choose a retailer equipped with media cart over one without, without the carts. Hmm. So that's good. I think it's yeah. fantastic, and and you're going to hear ads and see ads on there as well. I guess you won't hear them; you just be able to right. see them. But it's a cool deal. Well, you know, it's funny. They, they uh, I thought you were going to talk about this uh, other uh, contraption. I'm sorry, I don't remember the name because it was an article I read uh, a week ago. But it's this, uh, and maybe by describing it, you'll re- you'll realize this. It's a. It looks like a car. 
and it's uh, actually a shopping cart, and you p- strap your kids in, yeah. and you get to see this video. It costs a dollar. Uh, you get to see the kids get to see the video from within this contraption while mom uh, puts the items she's shopping for somehow within this uh, uh, vehicle, if you will, mm-hmm. as she's pushing it up and down the aisle. And what happens? Well, the kids are, you know, well entertained. They're watching various, uh, you know, uh, animated videos there. And mom gets uh, gets a little bit of her life back and being able to go up and down the aisle. I, I wasn't clear, and I don't think it does include, but wouldn't it be great to run some ads while those kids are watching that animated and then they reach out uh, from the cart and yeah. they grab the item because they've been, you know, impacted by an ad. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good, there, there's a well, uh, television uh, network for kids. I forget what it's called. Spr- no, what is it? Sprite? Sprit? I don't know what it is. Hmm. Uh uh, but anyway, Pet my ride. Exactly. OC. Hey, we've yeah. got uh, Patrick Meyer here uh, in just a moment. As a matter of fact, as soon as I stop talking, he'll be here. Here he is. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about the great denial. If I hadn't heard it with my own ears, I couldn't have believed it. Recently I was at the Cannes Awards Festival in the south of France. I had a chance to be part of an interview, listening to one of Advertising and Marketing's great columnists. When asked about where is Advertising and Marketing going and what's going on here at Cannes, the response was, this entire industry is in denial. What was coming through loud and clear in this interview, the industry, not all of the industry, but the old guard, the senior creative directors, the mega agency heads, are all in denial. When the consumer is going one place and the market is moving quickly with them and technology is accelerating, Madison Avenue and the agencies around the world, for the most part, are still focused on the 30-second commercial and big ad campaigns. But thank God there's a savior that's coming along. There are young people, young agencies, young progressive thinkers, new media companies, new alternatives that are focused on a whole new way of connecting to the consumer. More experiential, more interactive, more in touch with where they're going. Take this little quiz in your mind. Number one, are you a bit myopic about TV and its role, particularly the 30-second commercial? Number two, do you focus on the total brand experience or simply communication? Number three, do you have an eye on the future of where things are going so you're not only working on current ideas but future ideas, ideas, innovations, new technologies? Now be honest with yourself. Are you in denial or are you moving forward as part of a revolution that's going on in marketing and advertising? You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. Isn't he supposed to say your ad sucks? No, wait, that's good. No, that's the other guy. Uh, In denial, it's uh, Patrick Meyer, a regular feature here in the advertising show, and, of course, uh, a guest from time to time as well. Mm -hmm. So we've got, uh, let's see, who is this next week? Sally Hogshead. How mm-hmm. can you forget a name like that? Creative Can't. director and author, Radical Careering is her book, and we hope you'll uh, tune in for that. And take advantage of all of the great things that are offered on the Advertising Show's uh, website, theadvertisingshow.com, as long as you're here, browse around a little while and see what's uh, what's going on. Yeah, or tell a friend about it as well. Come as you are. Uh, no need to dress up. By the way, Ray, you're a, you're a, a dog person, right? Absolutely. And, of course, my wife, who does volunteer work at the animal shelter uh, and great. has for... 
over a decade, so I'm lucky we don't have 33 dogs uh, in any event. I think that's uh, illegal. That's the only reason you don't have them. <laughs> that's, you're exactly right. <laughs> uh, you know, for some reason, this is, uh, seems to have been uh, the season of the dog in marketing and have with many companies this year and realizing that, of course, there's a lot to be made uh, off of pet owners. But this latest entry, Ray, comes from a website called SexyBeastStyle.com, which is specializing in high-end accessories for dogs. Are you ready for this? Yes. How about dog perfume that goes for $50 for a 1.7-ounce bottle or or a $150 Sexy Beast dog tag? And that's for the dog, not the owner. Okay. SexyBeastStyle.com. I need a piece of that action. I think so. Apparently, they have on their home, set, home, uh, on their home page, uh-huh. due to overwhelming demand, pre-orders will ship October 1st, 2006. So people are buying it. So does a dog perfume smell like a dog or... <laughs> That's a good question. Have you ever taken something that smells nice and, and give to your dog? They don't like it, so I don't <laughs> they know. They won't wear it, I'm sure, but no. that's okay. Go buy yeah. some just in time for the holidays. Advertising <laughs> show brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production. <laughs>